0: What a glorious, glorious day to worship him. My name is Richard Gay and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Central. But before I start my message, there are brothers and sisters across the world in Sri Lanka who are hurting today. At Easter celebrations around Sri Lanka, Explosions took place and 140 people died and 570 plus people were injured. So let's pray right now for our brothers and sisters. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the hope of Easter. And we thank you, Father, that you're the God of all comfort, who comforts our brothers and sisters who are hurting. Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka. I pray that you'll comfort them. I pray that you'll surround them with protection and peace. Father, we hurt with them for their loss. And we ask that you'll surround them with others who can bring comfort and peace. Protect, watch over. And Lord Jesus, come back quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I did a mental survey this past week, and I listened to the way that people use this statement. I hope, I hope, I heard, I hope it doesn't rain. I hope my team will win the championship. I hope the repairman will show up between nine and 12. (laughs) Or I hope that I will get a solid chocolate bunny and not a hollow one. (laughs) See, we use the term hope like a dream, a wish, A feeling. We long for hope. And it reminds me of one of my favorite Disney movies, the picture of which you have here Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio. And you'll remember that Jiminy Cricket sang this song When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star, as dreamers do, fate is kind. If that's all hope is, we as a sad people... Because hope in that picture is a wish, it's a dream, it's an emotion, it's a desire for some future thing that we're uncertain of attaining. It's like the meringue on a lemon meringue pie, or like biting into a hollow chocolate bunny and getting air, or dreaming one day the Dallas Cowboys will once again (laughs) win. It's a dream, it's a hope, it's a wish. Contrast that with what the scripture says about hope. In Hebrews chapter six, verse 19, the writer says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope is not a wish, a dream or an emotion, but the word of God says it's like an anchor, because it's always based on truth. It's based on what God says. Now we want we want him to say. It's based on what God wants, not what we want. So what is hope? I would define hope this way. Confidence today that God will keep his promises tomorrow. Hope is an anchor that I can trust God today and I can trust him tomorrow. Hope is confidence. So why is Easter such a big deal? Because of Easter... I can be confident of three things. And these three things come from a letter that a follower of Christ wrote many, many years ago. A follower by the name of Peter, one who denied Christ in his last hours and 30 years later wrote a letter of hope to some Christians who were struggling with discouragement, persecution, and hurt. And this letter, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, is meant to pump you up. To pump you up with encouragement, with hope for the future, and hope to handle today. And for those of you that are here, that you say, I don't have a personal relationship with God. I'm seeking. I've got questions. It's designed to show you God loves you and he wants to fill you with hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now notice what it says. He's caused you to be born again to a living hope. What's that mean? It means this. Number one, I have confidence my past is erased. I have confidence my past is erased, whether it's my past from a year ago or my past from yesterday. Because of the resurrection, my slate is clean. Can I have an amen to that? You see, that's what the scripture says. Because of the resurrection, I can have confidence my past is erased. Look at verse 3 again. It says, we are born again. There's a beach in Ireland. Called the Born Again Beach. And the reason it's called that is 30 years ago, a storm came in and totally wiped out this coastal beach. But two years ago, on Easter Sunday, a storm came in again and restored the entire beach so they call it the born again beach and when the tour guide showed people around and they asked the question why is it called the born again beach the tour guides in ireland say because people are looking for hope they're looking for something they can have confidence in what's it mean to be born again Christ is the one who came up with this statement, talking to a religious leader, when he said, how can you have a relationship with God? He said, you must be born again. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, it's a new start. To be born again is to have a fresh start, a fresh slate. And because of the resurrection, I can have confidence my past is erased. A prophet many years before Christ wrote this in Isaiah 43. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake. And I will not remember your sins. That gives you confidence because your past is erased and the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 1 another follower of Christ said this there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ meaning you don't have to be bent over with fear with guilt with disappointment with shame because Christ came to set you free and he came to set you free And he proves it through the resurrection, a living hope through the resurrection. Look at verse four. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. It's saying there's something beyond death an inheritance imperishable means it can't be unraveled by an invading army it can't fade away it can't be defiled the word unfading means it never goes out of style think about it your inheritance never goes out of style think about how quickly fads come and go the bell bottoms that i wore in the 70s will not come back thank God. But the inheritance that you've got is totally unfading, impenetrable from an enemy from the outside. And that tells me this, I've got not only confidence, my past has been erased, I've got confidence, death is not the end. Death is not the end. He says in verse four, that he's got a secure inheritance for us. Paul, a follower of Christ, when he talked about Christians who die, said when they die in 2 second Corinthians chapter five, they are absent from the body, but present with the Lord. What an awesome, awesome truth. Because of the resurrection, we can know death is not the end. When George Herbert Walker Bush was vice president, he went to the funeral of Secretary Leonid Brezhnev, the Soviet leader, the atheistic Soviet leader, who completely was trying to wipe out Christianity. And Vice President Bush said he was overwhelmed as he watched the thousands and thousands of people come by Brezhnev's casket. And as they were getting ready to close the casket, he watched Brezhnev's widow do something he'll never forget. She went up to the casket, and before the soldiers closed it, she made a cross on his chest. What was she doing? She was hoping that everything her husband stood for was not true. She was hoping that somehow God would have enough mercy on his soul to let him in to the eternal kingdom. Contrast that kind of hope with funerals that we've had here over the past few weeks of followers of Christ. Where the scripture says when we sorrow, we sorrow, we grieve, we hurt, but not as those with no hope. Because we will see that loved one again. And you may have loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord because of the resurrection. Death is not the end. Death is not the last chapter. We contrast it here. My past is erased. Death is not the final chapter. And third thing you can be confident of, you can be confident. I have confidence of peace in times of pain. See, my past is taken care of. My future is taken care of. But now I can tell you my present is taken care of. Because you see in this passage of scripture, starting verse 5 who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So the testing genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's saying, because of the resurrection, you can have peace and stability in times of pain. You can have peace and stability. Max Licato, a pastor from Texas, writes of when he got this new boat and a hurricane was coming into town. And he wasn't sure what to do with his boat. So he writes in his book, Six Hours One Friday, he went to an old seaman who gave Max this advice. Take your boat deep in the water. Drop the four anchors on each corner of the boat. Leave the boat, go back to shore, and pray that the boat will stay firm. Max says, I survived the storm. But I learned an important lesson. We all need anchors in the storm. We all need something to give us peace, stability in the midst of the pain. Notice in verse seven, it says that our faith is tested. So it's more precious than gold. What does the goldsmith do? He melts the metal down till it becomes a liquid And as he keeps on melting it, he scrapes off the impurities that float to the top. And he keeps on boiling it, keeps on boiling it. So the impurities come to the top and he scrapes the impurities off the top. When does he stop? When he can look into the melted gold and see a reflection of his face. See what this is saying here. Trials are meant to purify us, to give us stability in the midst of it all. Where do you get that kind of encouragement? Where do you get that kind of hope? Look what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Read it with me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It's found in the word. Through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Paul wrote in another place, hope will not disappoint. Hope will not disappoint. So my question for you today is this, do you have hope? Not a wish, not a dream, not an emotion. Do you have confidence? Do you have security to know that if you were to die today, that you'd go and spend eternity with the Lord? You see, I've heard also people who use the term hope and here's what they say when I ask them this question. If you were to die today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? You know they say? I hope so. I hope so. I said, what do you mean? Well, I hope that God will take all the good things I've done and all the bad things I've done, and I hope the good will outweigh the bad. And I said to them, you know, that's what most people believe. But the Bible says that's not the way. Because all of us are sinners. All of us fall short of God's glory. And to get into heaven, you gotta be perfect. And none of us are perfect. As my wife, she'll tell you, none of us are perfect. But God loved us so much that He sent Jesus to give his life on a cross like this one right here. So that you and I, by putting our faith and trust in Him and Him alone, can have confidence. Confidence. That if we were to die today, we'd go to be with the Lord. You see, hope comes through Christ. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's all it takes. It's absolutely free. We live in a world filled with hopelessness. God wants us to be filled with hope. My hope is in the Lord who gave himself for me. My hope is found in Christ, in Christ alone. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it could be that you're here today You say, Pastor, I don't know that I have that hope. I want to lead you in a prayer that can help you to make sure today. Because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not a magical prayer, but it's a way of expressing your faith to him. So I ask you just in the quietness of your heart, if you're looking for hope, to pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he was buried for me. I believe he came back to life for me come into my life forgive my sins and be my savior in jesus name amen